At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is our number three of the look at right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. And ironically enough, last hour before we wind up rolling out our new lineup here on VEASAN, it's going to be starting up Tuesday morning with Follow the Money at 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern. I am glad to be rounding it out because I actually used to do some college bowling back in the day. And what they would always call the person that wanted rolling the last frame was the anchor. And I am glad to be doing the anchoring right now for the look at and, well, the show in general, because it becomes a Greg Peterson experience tomorrow. And on top of that, for everything that we do here at VSIN, and then we get to ring in what is going to be a tremendous lineup for this football season. And we've got you guys locked and loaded there. And hopefully we'll be able to get locked and loaded in terms of some winning bets for some for Tuesday. So we're going to take a look at what we've all got on the baseball card for this Tuesday. And along the way, Chris Raybon, he does a great job over at the Action Network taking a look at the game of football He's going to be joining me for a pair of segments, taking a look at week one, and on top of that, taking a look at what we've all got from a little bit more of a fantasy and player prop perspective. So we've got a lot on tap for this hour, and how about if we wind up starting up here in hour number three with a game that was, well, if you want to betting it on Monday, a complete and utter calamity. 9-15-9-9-60 on the betting board, the Philadelphia Phillies hit the road face-off against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Zach Allen is going to be going for the Diamondbacks, and Aaron Nola hopes to be super for the Philadelphia Phillies. Phillies are between a minus 125 to a minus 135, and between plus 112 and plus 118 is your price. Actually, seeing a plus 124 here at Circa on the Arizona Diamondbacks with the total anywhere between 7 and 7.5, 7 
really the lone seven and a half that I'm seeing is that DraftKings. A lot of the other books are offering a seven with heavy juice on the over and I pour one out to anyone that wound up having the Phillies first five. That is just an absolutely grody, sad, and just rough break. There is no other way to put it. To have a team that was up by a kind of seven to zero going into the bottom of the fourth inning and to not only wind up losing the first five, but you lost the first five by five runs. It's just one of the most laughably bad beats to ever wind up happening. I guess if you're going to go down, you might as well go down in style. And I wound up writing up the under in that game like a moron. I should have known that Madison Bumgarner was not going to wind up being able to turn a gem. I think that Zach Allen is going to be able to do a little bit better here. For the Arizona Diamondbacks, as for the Saints, he has been absolutely tremendous ever since the All-Star break. This has been a man that has given up two runs or fewer in every one of his starts. He has, as a matter of fact, given up as many runs as, as Greg Peterson in his last four starts. Zero, as he has went in this time span 27 and a third innings. Now, I will say, level of competition has not been great. He has went up against the Giants, the Royals, the Rockies, and the Pirates. But with that said, that Rockies start was on the road. So to go seven scoreless innings. Curtis Field, yeah, that is quite a feat right there. And for Zach Allen, it's been really going well for him. He did wind up having three runs to correct my statement in a start against the Cleveland Guardians about a month or so ago. But still, this guy has been absolutely rolling. And he's been able to do a good job of being able to keep the ball in the yard all season long. Give it up right around .75 home runs per nine innings at home. It's actually got a little bit of a higher ERA rather than on the road. 239 road ERA compared to a 292 at home, but has really been able to reduce the walks which was really plaguing him a little bit towards the beginning part of his career. And something that was plaguing Aaron Nola towards the beginning part of his career was the fact that at home he was a significantly better pitcher than on the road. And this year it's been a complete reversal, which I do find to be fascinating because for Aaron Nola this season, he's got a little bit north of a fort ERA when he is at home. Meanwhile, his ERA drops to right around at 2-2 when he's on the road. Now, with Aaron Nola, what he's been able to do a really good job of command. 1.2 walks per nine innings among qualifying National League pitchers. That is number one the big league says. He's got an absurd strikeout to walk rate of 8.41. He's been able to do a very solid job of not giving up too many home runs, a little bit less than home run per nine innings. He certainly deserves better than the 9-10 record that he has gotten as his fielding independent is actually right around 0.4 points lower than his ERA of a 3.08. So it's been a relatively solid year for Aaron Nola, in my opinion, and with the way that Aaron Nola has been rolling on the road, I do think that he's going to be able to keep these Arizona Diamondbacks bats at bay. Now, with the Diamondbacks, all of a sudden, they're riding a nice win streak. The fact that they were able to get it done on Monday is a little bit strange, but that said, they were able to have a nice sweep of the Chicago White Sox as well. So it's one of those teams that when you take a look at this part of the baseball slate, you want to take a look at the teams that they aren't going to be going to the playoffs, but they're able to give you a good, honest effort. And you know what? The Arizona Diamondbacks, I think that they certainly do fit the mold of a team that's able to give you a good, honest effort because obviously you've got Zach Gallen, Merrill Kelly has been a solid starting pitcher for them. Everyone except for Madison Bumgarner, for lack of a better term, have actually been able to give you good starts for the Arizona Diamondbacks. The one trepidation that you do have with this Arizona Diamondbacks team, the bullpen is right now a little bit of a hot mess. They've been dealing with injuries to Sean Poppin along with Kyle Nelson. Both of these guys were providing a sub-3 ERA, so... Now you've got Joe Mantiply, who's been relatively solid this year. He's posting up right around about a 265 ERA. Past that, you really don't have a lot of guys here you're able to trust. And Ian Kennedy has been okay, but Kevin Ginkle, Edwin Yuseta, Luis Frias, all these guys, they're posting up north of a 5 ERA thus far this season. And for the Philadelphia Phillies, they've had their bullpen woes as well because 
For one, they wound up having Ranger Suarez get knocked out of the game much earlier than they had expected on Monday. And for two, you've got Craig Knable, who I believe is now up for the season. Sir Anthony Dominguez, he is currently on the 15-day injured list as well. And that's two of your more trustworthy bats or tr- trustworthy arms for this team. So now you're going to be looking to David Robertson being able to help out this team. Brad Hand has been able to do a solid job as well. But you do take a look at the offense and you do have a lot of firepower there. Now, Nick Cassianos, he's been dealing with a little bit of an injury, so he might wind up getting held out of this game as well after he wound up not starting on Monday. But that said, for the Philadelphia Phillies, you do have a guy in Kyle Schwarber who's went deep 36 times this season. On base percentage has not necessarily been there, but you've had JT Riumito really be the best hitting catcher since the beginning of the month of July. Alec Bowman has been able to supply the boom. He's been able to hit about a 290 for this team. Reese Hoskins does have a little bit of a righty-lefty split, but by and large, he's been able to do a nice job. 25-plus home runs, hitting right around 245, and then for the years in the Diamondbacks, I just don't think that they're going to be able to have the same offensive output that they wound up having Monday. I know that I'm going out there on a limb saying that they aren't going to score 13 runs like they wound up doing on Monday, but you do take a look at this Diamondbacks team overall for the season. They've been averaging right around 1.3 home runs per game on the road. At home, it's been more around to 0.85, which is why right around 54% of their home games have wound up going under the total. But for the Arizona Diamondbacks, one guy that has really been able to match for this team, that'd be Christian Walker. Now, he is in a relatively big group of guys. They're in a 226 or lower for this team because you've got Walker on top of that. Geraldo Perdomo, Cooper Hummel, you're able to throw in there Jordan Luplo. All these guys have been a little bit underachieving with regards to batting average. It has gotten a little bit better as the season has won along for the years on the Diamondbacks. And a big example of this, how about Stone Garrett, who wanted getting called up to the big leagues? He has really torn it up in his first six games. He's got a pair of bombs, setting a 391, obviously not sustainable, but he's been able to help out the team. Josh Ross is hitting about a 275. Ketel Marte was dealing with a little bit of a hamstring injury a little bit earlier this month. He has come back. He's looked solid. Alec Thomas is a guy that's able to move the line as well. So I do think that you guys have relatively solid value on the Arizona Diamondbacks. I felt like they should have been a slight underdog. I set them at a plus 114. So being able to get them right around a plus 115 in a lot of spots, I'm going to be willing to take a shot on the Diamondbacks. And is that a low total here? I set it at a 6.6. Is that a low total the last time? And that did not wind up coming through. I think that Nola, along with Zach Gallen, is going to be able to do a better job in this start, especially since you do not have a guy who goes by Mad Bum being on the mound because, well, he lived up to his aim. He was a Mad Bum, and yet still, somehow, someway, the Arizona Diamondbacks won because Rangers for us let everyone through in terms of his start as well. So looking at the under, and I'm willing to take anything of a, about a plus 115 or greater when it comes to the Arizona Diamondbacks. How about if we wind up taking a look at a game that is going to be involving two teams that, well, they are not going to be playing much into the postseason. This would be 977-978 on the bang board. The Oakland A's, they're going to be on the road facing off against Washington Nationals. And allow me to correct that statement. They're not going to be playing into the postseason because both of these teams have been relatively terrible. But you do have Cole Irvin who's going to be on the bump for the A's and Eric Fetty is going to be on the bump for Washington. Washington between a minus 110 to a minus 115 favorite and between even money and plus 105 seeing a straight minus 105 is your price on Oakland with a total anywhere between about an 8 to an 8.5, mostly seeing 8s as of right now, but we're seeing a straight 8.5 at DraftKings. But when it comes to Cole Irvin, even with having demonstrative home and road splits, I'm willing to trust in him in this spot because with Cole Irvin, he has been nothing short of lights out and masterful at home, giving up right around 0.4 home runs per nine. And he's got a sub-2 ERA. This does wind up going up to a 488 ERA when he is on the road. But Eric Fetty, not a lot of trusting in him. He's giving up right around 4.3 walks. For nine innings, he's backed up by a bullpen that hasn't necessarily been terrible in the last few months, but it's starting to regress. Steve Ciszek has north of a four ERA. 
They've had to look to Victor Arano for some innings. You've had Carl Edwards Jr. be able to do a relatively okay job, but has not been a good run for those guys and for the Washington Nationals. They, the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Miami Marlins are the bottom three teams in terms of runs per game at home. You don't have a lot of guys who are able to move the line in general. Keybert Ruiz has been able to ride around a 245 for this unit. You've been able to get a little bit of something out of Cesar Hernandez when he's been out there as well. Mikel Franco has been okay, but you really don't have a lot of pop outside of Luke Voigt, who's been able to have between 17 and 18 home runs this season. Most of those for the San Diego Padres and for the Oakland A's. The redeeming quality for this team is the bullpen, as you've got Domingo Acevedo, A.J. Puck, Zach Jackson, Sam Mall, along Danny Jimenez, all posting up a 3.30 ERA or lower. So these guys have been able to do a relatively solid job. And for the A's, they're one of the rare teams that has a better win percentage away from home than they do at home because with Oakland, it's very much a pitcher-friendly ballpark, which is why you've got Cole Irvin having those demonstrative home-and-road splits. But along with that, the A's have been able to hit a little bit better on the road, as you've got Seth Brown along with Sean Murphy, both of these guys have been able to hit for 17 home runs. Murphy's really the only guy that has seen north of 35 at-bats that has been able to hit above a 250. But Shea Langolaris, he's been able to do a solid job coming on recently for this team. You've had Chad Pinder be able to move the line from time to time as well. I do think that the A's bullpen superior to that of the Washington Nationals. And this is just a circumstance in which I did not want to be trusting in someone in Eric Fetty who wound up spending most of August on the injured list, has been giving up walks like crazy, and Probably not going to lend a lot of length for a bullpen that could use some length. So I'm going to be taking a look at this total over at an 8. And when it comes to the A's, felt like they should have been more like a minus 130 favorite. So we're going to be looking at them. And coming up next, we're going to be looking at the game of football. Chris Raybon, he does a terrific job over there at the Action Network. Taking a look at the NFL from both a betting and a fantasy perspective. He joins me right here on The Look At on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, Somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. 
I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Your next win is brewing. Play for free fantasy baseball, football, and basketball with draft time matchups presented by Miller Lite. Draft wins in 13 conferences and 13 contests and compete for your share of $41,000 in total cash prizes. Head on over to DraftKings.com slash Miller to get in on the action. Miller Lite, great taste, less filling, 21 years or older terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions. They do apply. See DraftKings.com and please do celebrate responsibly as we're back here on the lookout with myself, Greg Peterson, and it is great to be joined by our guest as Chris Raybon does amazing work over there at the Action Network takes a look at things from both a betting perspective, and I also know that he does a great job taking a look at things from a little bit more of a fantasy perspective as well. And Chris, it is always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Always a pleasure, Greg. And I know that something that you are looking at in terms of week one of the NFL has been sort of these home underdogs. And I always think that it is an interesting case study every single year. Feels like there's more home underdogs this year than we wind up seeing as well, typically, for week one. Take me through a little bit about what you're taking a look at and what the data bears out in terms of how they performed in recent years. Well, when you look at a lot of like the home underdogs, you see, um, you know, Houston, you see Atlanta, uh, they're also divisional dogs and divisional dogs have actually been uh, one of the most profitable uh, ways to bet week one, regardless whether they're home or on the road. Divisional dogs since 2005, uh, 58, 36 and two. Uh, that's 61% against the spread. And you have a bunch of them, uh, Houston, Atlanta, Pittsburgh at Cincinnati, uh, Minnesota's going against the Packers, and you got uh, the Vegas Raiders at the Chargers. So uh, there's j- there's a lot of opportunities there, and I think some of those lines are a little inflated. Yeah, it's been really interesting to take a look at the movement in terms of a lot of these lines as well, because the one that really stands out to me, and I feel like this is one of the more mysterious games on the board, because with the LA Rams and the Buffalo Bills game, you wound up having the Rams at a lot of spots open up a very, very slight favorite, and now they have shifted to an underdog. What do you wind up making out of this? Because obviously the line has not gotten to three to this point, but we have seen a pretty big shift, a lot of this due to the Matthew Stafford news, but I do think that this is one of these circumstances in which it does wind up becoming very interesting to see what winds up happening, what winds up happening in terms of reports with the Matthew Stafford injury, because it's been a little bit shocking to see it move quite this much on the line. Yeah, well, one thing to keep in mind is when you have those low spreads, you know, and it has to go through zero, it's not necessarily the same as if it moved, you know, to three or something like that. Um, So you tend to see some of those shifts with these, you know, lines inside of three. But I do think, number one, it's a popular game. A lot of people are going to want to bet that game. Uh, It's two marquee teams. So I think books are just getting uh, a lot of, you know, money on, you know, kind of going back and forth on both sides. But um, the Stafford injury is obviously uh, playing a part as well. Yep, and when you take a look at the Rams and what Stafford is dealing with with injury, what I find to be a little bit shocking is that there hasn't been more in, shall we say, mainstream media about this injury because I feel like 
I'm hearing every single day about the Deshaun Watson ordeal. I feel like I'm hearing every single day about what's happening with the San Francisco 49ers, and not a lot has been made out of this LA Rams injury, and I don't know whether that's a good thing for the LA Rams or if they're just doing a really good job of being able to hide something that could be a really big issue past week one. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, I think, you know, anytime you have a, a quarterback like Matthew Stafford on the team that won a Super Bowl, uh, you know, they're going to you're going to pay attention to every little thing and kind of nitpick. But at the same time, Sean McVay, you know, he doesn't really play his starters in the preseason at all. So he kind of keeps everything under, you know, under the vest. And uh, I think we won't truly know if it's going to affect Stafford's performance till we see him out there in week one. But I, I do expect him out there. I don't think he's going to miss games or anything. I think it's more like at this point anyway, uh, a pain tolerance issue. Yep, I think that that is going to be really interesting to take a look at. And as we see with the Rams, we haven't really seen a real shift in terms of their futures. It's been more or less week one that has been the most affected at this point. And I do think that that is important to take a look at if it winds up being something that does wind up linger. But I know that's something else that you're taking a look at in terms of week one because I mentioned the home underdogs. Teams that, well, shall we say, they weren't necessarily so great last year. We're looking at teams that they want to winning. I think the best way to put it is six wins or fewer. What have you noticed with these teams that last year they wound up struggling and they wind up being a little bit of underdogs in week one? Because I think that these teams have had some surprising results in recent years. Yeah, so if you look at NFL data, um, you know, in terms of team performance from year to year, uh, a lot of things, even like point differential, the correlation is, is under, you know, 0.5. And what ends up happening is, you know, casual betters, they look at last season's results, especially in week one, because we don't have any new information and they tend to overweight that. And so what you see is, you know, especially for teams that won four to six games, which means they were bad, but also, you know, could have been a little unlucky. 65, 33 and two, 66 percent against the spread since 2005. That's the Bears. That's the Texans. That's the Jets at Baltimore uh, and the Giants at Titans. Those are really intriguing spots because, I mean, those are some of the dregs of the dregs. And I do take a look at sort of that Houston game. And I'm a little bit intrigued by what we're going to be able to get out of Houston this season. Because right now, they're the odds-on favorite to have the worst record in the NFL. And I think that that's a little bit unjust. I don't think that the Houston Texans are going to be making some fairytale run to the Super Bowl or anything like that. But with Davis Mills at quarterback, and what do you want him showing in season number one? I'm not saying that this guy is going to wind up lighting it up for like 4,500 yards or anything like that, but I think that there's a little bit of upside with Texans and with hiring on a guy with like Lovey Smith, I just take a look at him as a little bit more of a no-nonsense guy, a guy that's sort of been around and you know that he's going to make the most out of this opportunity. And I do think that in terms of both week one and just for the entirety of the season, the Texans have gotten dogged just a little bit too much. Yeah, and you think about this game in particular, you know, it's a divisional game. Uh, there's some familiarity there, but also, you know, Davis Mills has actually been with this offense and started a bunch of games last year, whereas this is going to be Matt Ryan's first start with the Colts. So we know, just look back at Frank Reich's history in week one. It's also not very good. The Colts are one of those teams that tend to start slow. Yep, and on top of that, the history of the guy that he wound up having last year, Carson Wentz. That's not necessarily too terrific, and I do think that that's something to take a look at as well. I don't know if you have as much on this, but taking a look at guys that they're going to be making their first start with their respective teams, because we just mentioned we just mentioned Matt Ryan. We're going to be taking a look at, obviously, Carson Wentz. You've got perhaps a rookie quarterback situation with the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're unsure there. We could wind up seeing it with Drew Locke. We're able to go down the list. How do you wind up gauging some of these guys that they're going to be making start number one with a new team, whether it be a rookie or a guy that wound up getting acquired 
by a free agency slash trade in the offseason. I think you definitely have to factor that in because, you know, a lot of teams, you know, now they're, you know, practices, the most reps they're getting, they're not playing a lot in the preseason. And even if they are, you know, that's only, you know, what, a a few dozen snaps. So uh, there's a lot of kind of uncertainty. And I think people kind of under, like, they don't factor it in enough because, you know, you pointed out Wentz last year. I mean, he really struggled in in that first game with Indianapolis. Eventually they came around, closed the year out bad as well, but um, it, it takes time in the NFL. You got to learn your receivers. You got to learn where to be when, you know, guys are blocking. It just takes some time uh, to feel everything out for these quarterbacks. And I do think it's so ironic because I mentioned that Carson Wentz, not necessarily the guy that you want to be trusting in. In week one, he pretty much is going up against the team that forced him to Washington because If the Colts wind up being able to win that game against the Jacksonville Jaguars, I mean, who knows what winds up happening from there, but I don't know if we wind up seeing the moves that wind up getting made because they wind up making the playoffs. Who knows what winds up happening from there, but now Carson Wentz is going to be going up against that same Jacksonville Jaguars team, and I do take a look at the Jags, and being able to bring in a guy that is not named Urban Meyer by default is a little bit of an upgrade for them. You've got a guy in Trevor Lawrence that, I mean, it's pretty much going to be like his rookie season at this point, having to relearn a lot of the offense, having to go through just the fact that he didn't wind up having his starting running back last season as well, and Mr. ATN, who he wound up playing his college ball with. But I do think that it's a little bit of an intriguing spot. And when it comes to just taking a look at the commanders, both in week one and moving forward, I don't know if I want too much of a part of this team just in general this season. Yeah, I think, well, first of all, you know, in regards to week one, I mean, we just don't know a lot about this, this commanders and this Jaguars team. And so the value uh, is on the Jaguars, especially when you're getting the hook. But yeah, the commanders, I really, you know, I'm kind of mystified by what's going on with their defense, because I think it has more talent. But then then it plays like, I mean, the third downs were just awful last year. And we're hearing a lot of the same stories in camp. So, um, you know, that's something if, if they get that turned around, I think they could be a solid team. But uh, their defense is underperforming and, and they'll be without Chase Young. So it'll be tough. Yep, it is going to be a little bit tough. And you mentioned the fact that they are going to be a little bit shorthanded here in the final minute before we wind up taking a little bit more of a look at a fantasy perspective. Were there any injuries over the last few weeks in the preseason that you think are very concerning, not just for week one, but just in moving forward in general that maybe are not necessarily getting the hype slash the attention that they deserve? You know, uh, I think, you know, you always look at, you know, teams that are like losing offensive linemen. You know, I think the Jets, you know, is, you know, our team that, um, you know, they, they're they going to have a, like a, a new line out there. I think the Bucks with um, all the offensive line injuries and their depth is going to be really thin, you know. And of course, Tom Brady, we know he struggles uh, against interior pressure. So I think that those Bucks injuries uh, are really kind of something to keep a watch out for. I do think so as well as the big uglies. They don't wind up getting the attention that they necessarily deserve, but they do wind up making a big difference. And I know that there are many out there that absolutely love fantasy football as well. So coming up next with Chris, we're going to be taking a little bit of a look at a fantasy side of things, try to be able to fit in there some maybe season-long props as well. That's up next right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Make game day more chill with some extra cash. Play free during the college football season with the Coors Light College Football Pick'em. Join 15 free-to-play pools for your shot at $5,000 in weekly cash prizes. Head on over to DraftKings.com slash Coors Light Pick'em now to be able to join in on the action. Coors Light, 
perfect shot of refreshment. 21 years or older terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Per usual, please do drink responsibly. As we're back here on the look at it, and we're back here with Chris Raybon. He does an amazing job over there at the Action Network. We want to take it a little bit of a look at week one in the previous segment. And I know, Chris, you do a great job in terms of fantasy as well. And I know that there's a lot of people, I'm one of them, that I'm going to be having a fantasy draft that is going to be coming up in about a week or so. Who are some of the sleepers that you've been taking a look at in terms of a lot of these drafts? I know that you've done a few yourself, taking a look at a lot of these mock drafts, but who are some guys that are sliding down boards that you think might wind up having quite a bit of value? Well, first of all, you know, we got to start at receiver because I think that's a position where there's going to be a lot of upside uh, that you can take. I think Drake London is a guy who's slipping. Um, you know, the first receiver drafted, I think people are just way too down on him. Uh, I think he should still be going in the top 35. Uh, George Pickens is another one. He's, he was playing over Chase Claypool, uh, you know, in Pittsburgh and Claypool was playing in the slot. So it looks like Pickens is going to be an every down player, uh, from the jump, uh, Romeo Dobbs in green Bay. You know, he's a guy who, uh, just getting a lot of targets when he's on the field. And I think he can climb that depth chart. Uh, pretty quickly. And then uh, at quarterback, I think you want to wait and you want to try to get uh, a quarterback that can run because um, you're going to, your team is just going to look so much better if you uh, take running backs and wide receivers and, and and try to get a stud tight end instead of going with a quarterback early. So I think uh, Trey Lance is somebody, his stock might go down a little bit now, you know, with the news that Garoppolo is going to be back as a backup. But, you know, if, if Lance ends up getting benched, you just drop him again and there's going to be quarterbacks on the waiver wire. Uh, I also think Justin Fields, if you just wait your whole draft on quarterback, you can usually get Fields in one of the last few rounds. He was an average quarterback eight finish uh, over the past four starts that he finished last year. And that's why, because he can run. So uh, I think you really need these running quarterbacks. I do think that these running quarterbacks, to your point, they do provide a lot of value. We remember the Lamar Jackson MVP season, and obviously he was very dominant. And I know that you were talking about receivers a little bit earlier. What are your thoughts on some of these wide receivers that you know they're going to be a top two option in terms of their team, but they're on a team that's probably not going to be doing a great job of being able to move the ball? Like, I'm taking a look at the Detroit Lions, the New York Jets, teams like that, that they don't necessarily have the greatest of offenses, but you know that they're going to be a primary option. Where do you stand on that? Because I always find myself drafting a lot of those guys, and typically it winds up turning out not so bad. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it all depends on the team. Like, I think the Lions actually uh, are interesting because they got, you know, we know Amon Ross St. Brown's going to be uh, the top target, but DJ Chark's going to start for, you know, he's still going to be the starter all year, you know, even when Jamison Williams comes back. Um, it's going to be those two on the outside. So uh, I think Detroit, you know, they have a one of the top offensive lines in the league, and they have a really bad defense. So they can find themselves in a lot of shootout-type game scripts this year. I think it's going to be kind of the opposite of last year when they just just ran the ball and tried to kind of hide the defense. I think they're going to be a little more pass-happy this year. So uh, I think Chark is not so bad. You know, with the Jets, it's a little tougher because, you know, we we want that guy to be Garrett Wilson, but – it looks like it could still be Corey Davis. And, you know, we saw Berrios play ahead of Wilson as well. So it might take some time for him to climb up the depth chart. And, uh, you know, you combine that with the question marks at quarterback, and it's just a little bit harder to get behind uh, in New York. But I think, you know, Jahan Dotson in Washington is is interesting. You know, I think he should be the number two uh, there. So uh, there, there are certainly some options uh, of guys. But you also want that upside. You know, a guy like a, a Chris Olave or somebody like that, like, when you have the unknown with the rookies, I think 
Um, you know, there's there's a kind of hidden upside there where some of these veteran guys, we kind of know what they are and what their ceiling is for the most part. Well, you said the word unknown and you were talking about known in terms of some of these guys when it comes to, and I think you know where I'm heading here, Antonio Gibson. We have been seeing this all over Twitter. We have been seeing just a whole bunch of reaction. What are your thoughts on this Antonio Gibson situation? Because it is fascinating. If you want taking any season-long props of him in the betting market, it's fascinating if you're drafting in fantasy. It's fascinating if you're just looking at the Washington Commanders from a week-in and week-out betting perspective. Give me your thoughts here on Antonio Gibson and the fact that we have been seeing his workload be very, very suspect. Yeah, it's, I mean, what a roller coaster of events, you know, first of all, just, you know, all the best to Brian Robinson Jr., um, you know, with, with the unfortunate event, that the fortunate tragedy that occurred. But I think with Gibson now, at this point, you probably want to buy low because uh, there's just so much uncertainty with Robinson now and, and you know, how what kind of recovery he's going to be able to make at what point, uh, if any, he's going to be available this season. So, uh, I think, you know, Gibson kind of, after all this, kind of slides back in to where we initially thought he was going to be. Now, I do think they want to kind of curtail his workload a little bit. I thought he wore down last year at the more work he got. But uh, at this point, I think they still need him to be their lead back. You know, you mentioned it. They're not, it's not like they ha- they just have this like amazing team on paper where they can afford to just, you know, leave Gibson on the sideline. So uh, I- I'd actually buy low on Gibson. I've been doing that in a few drafts because he's starting to slide um, down the board. Yep, and with J.D. McKissick as well, this is not a guy that you can rely upon either as he's more of a pass-catching option for the Washington football team slash the commanders as well. So I do think that that's intriguing to take a look at. And then when it comes to a running back that I think is one of the most interesting case studies this year, whether you're betting on season-long props, whether you're taking a look at just what you're going to be able to get in general out of the Rams because the game that we want to touch upon quite a bit is that Bills versus Rams game. That'd be Cam Akers because Cam Akers... It was ahead of schedule that he wanted being able to return for the playoffs last season. I think we both agree that is not the full 100% game makers that we wanted seeing during the playoffs. But what's your overall outlook on him? Taking a look at him from a fantasy perspective, maybe a season-long prop perspective, because I think that we have to toss out what we wanted seeing in the playoffs last season with him. But I do still have a couple question marks because he is a guy that I felt like slid down the board a little bit in the NFL draft a few seasons ago, has some upside, but at the same time, I just don't know if he winds up getting the touches needed to wind up being necessarily where he's being drafted in a lot of these fantasy drafts. Yeah, I'm I'm down on Cam Akers. I'm just not liking what I'm hearing. I mean, all camp, we heard that he was splitting first-team reps with Daryl Henderson. Sean McVay said, hey, we're treating these guys as co-starters. Uh, and now we're hearing that Cam Akers... Uh, is not practicing and he's not uncertain to be ready to go in week one. And this is again, you know, just like you mentioned with Stafford, it's all kind of mysterious and it just kind of, uh, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. Because like you mentioned, we saw him come back and he was, he just really, really struggled. And I think maybe that spooked Sean McVay. Um, and, and that's why he, you know, kind of put Henderson up there with him as a co-starter, but um, there could be something going on behind the scenes that we don't even know because again, you know, this Rams team with McVay with the starters in the preseason, he's just very um, kind of, he doesn't reveal too much. So uh, I'm, I'm worried about it because I, I bet his under on his uh, rushing and receiving uh, total yardage prop as well. And we just want to mention two guys in which 
their usages here. It seems a little bit mysterious with Antonio Gibson along with what might wind up happening with Cam Akers. Are there any other guys in terms of their usage that right now you just have big question marks with as to whether or not they are actually going to be able to get the touches that are needed or maybe on the flip side, a guy that might wind up getting a lot more looks in terms of receptions, rushes, list goes on and on than we might be expecting right now. I think J.K. Dobbins stands out as somebody that uh, might not get his full workload early in the season. Um, you know, he's still coming off that knee injury and according to reports, hasn't really done too much, uh, you know, in terms of being able to, to prepare for week one. So I, I think, you know, Dobbins is a guy who, you know, he may he may not even play in the first week. He may get his workload ramped up really slowly. So uh, he's a guy I would be fading, um, you know, and then I think an interesting guy is uh, Damian Pierce in Houston. I think he's going to probably be this, this number one back. You know, we saw him kind of get the starter treatment a couple of weeks ago in a preseason, uh, and then he he jumped out and, and, and scored another touchdown. So I, I think he'll be there. I think, I think Isaiah Pacheco um, is interesting as well. I think he could work his way into that Chiefs rotation. Um, he's already playing as a number two back, made Ronald Jones uh, likely expendable. So uh, he's another guy I, I think that uh, it should be moving up boards. And Chris, we've got about a minute left. Is there any other players that you're looking at in a little bit more of a season-long prop, mar- prop perspective that you're taking a look at to either fade them or you're looking to back them a little bit more? Yeah, so Aaron Jones' reception line is 66 and a half. And I know that we expect him to get more receptions, but uh, that he would have to beat his career high by 17. And, and running backs tend to miss uh, a median of about three games a year. So uh, it would be really tough for him to get that. I mean, he could he could play the whole year and still not get it. So uh, that's a, that's one that I'm, I'm looking to fade because I think the hype is getting too crazy with, you know, oh, they're going to throw that, the running backs all day. I do think that that's a good call as well because when it comes to those running backs, you never know if they're going to be able to stay healthy. You're a man that you always grind through, though, Chris. You do absolutely amazing work over there at the Action Network. Thank you so much for sticking around for two segments and blending all your insights. Thank you. Chris does an absolutely amazing job over there, taking a look at things from also a fantasy perspective, and he does, does a great job taking a look at just all these lines that we've got in NFL. So big pleasure to him for joining me, or big pleasure to have him on the last two segments. And coming up next, I'm going to give you guys my DK Nation pick for this MLB Tuesday right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the look ahead on VSN, the sports betting network. It's football season, and better betters know that this is when the money is made. Nobody knows football like VSN, and now is the time to become a VSN subscriber and get our comprehensive college and pro football guides. Only VSN subscribers. Wind up getting these great tools to prepare for the college and pro football seasons. Our experts provide profiles for every single team with advanced stats and power rankings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, player awards, and so much more. Sign up today and for a discounted rate of $175, you get everything that we do here at VSIN all the way through the Super Bowl, both guides, and along with that, you're going to be getting a college football basketball betting guide along the way as well, or join us for $40 a month and see everything that VEASAN has to offer to up your betting game. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all of your options and become a part of the Sports Betting Network as it is the final segment of The Lookout with myself, Greg Peterson, and it quite literally is the last segment of The Lookout as we are going to be rolling out a new fall lineup that is going to be starting up Tuesday morning, and that begins with Mitch and Polly on Follow the Money. They are going to be bringing all the goods and It's going to be a lot of great content that is going to be coming this fall. There's going to be the Greg Peterson experience, which is going to be getting started up. That is going to be obviously terrific. That is going to be from 9 to midnight Pacific, midnight to 3 a.m. Eastern time if you're out there on the East Coast Monday through Friday. So very much am looking forward to that. And I am looking forward to trying to make us some money as well here on this Tuesday. So Let's take a look at my DK Nation pick as it is 961-962 on the betting board for this one as it is the San Diego Padres. They are going to be hitting the road. They're going to be playing up against the San Francisco Giants as Logan Webb. He is going to be on the bump for the Giants. And when it comes to what you're going to be getting out of the Pir- or the Padres, it is Blake Snell who goes for them. And with the Padres, find them anywhere between about a minus 115 to a minus 125 price with the Giants. Pretty much across the board, you're going to be finding them at a plus 105. And this is one of the situations where 
I'm going to be taking a look at the San Francisco Giants. I did want to make them my DK Nation pick because with Logan Webb, he has been nothing short of dominant whenever he's been out there for the San Francisco Giants at home. And home starts slash relief appearances as he's got one straight relief appearance that he's made over the last two seasons with this San Francisco Giants team. The team has been absolutely dominant, 23-4 and four in these matchups. And then on top of that, you've got the San Francisco Giants who are starting to find it in terms of their bullpen. This is a bullpen that since August 13th, they rank in the top five in terms of bullpen ERA for the San Diego Padres. They've got a guy by the name of Josh Hader who has not been able to get the job done. And he is one of the lone pieces that really did not wind up getting used up in their win on in their win on Monday. So that does wind up leaving this team in a little bit of a tough circumstance as he's got a 23 ERA in this time span. So clearly has not been going well for him. And for the Padres, it's just been very strange to take a look at this offense because they wind up trading for Brandon Drury. They wind up trading for Juan Soto. And I mean, these guys have been fine. You wind up having Drury, as a matter of fact, wind up being able to have a home run on Monday. But on a Padres lineup that it just feels like they are missing something. I'm not sure what it is because most of their guys are hitting right around about a 240 to a 260. Like Hossam Kim has been able to come along for the right. Brandon Drury has been solid. I think that maybe Josh Bell and his struggles because he's been hitting below a 250 since he's gotten over to the San Diego Padres, not being able to be that guy that's been able to move the line. I do think that that's hurting them a little bit. And for the San Francisco Giants, this is a bunch that they do rank in the top half of the big leagues, despite the fact that they don't necessarily have a bunch of massive mashers as Wilmer Flores, Jack Peterson, they've combined for 35 home runs. But these two gentlemen throwing their Tommy LaStella when he's been out there, Evan Longoria, he's been banged up. J.D. Davis got a lot of guys hitting between about a 245 to a 265. You've got Austin Slater has been solid, Luis Gonzalez as well. But when it comes to Logan Webb, I do think that he's going to be able to do a good job of being able to lend a little bit more length than Blake Snell as well with Webb. He's averaging right around 2.4 walks per nine innings when he's at home. And when it comes to Blake Snell, the big bugaboo for him has been those free passes, especially when he's been on the road. For Blake Snell, 334 home ERA since the beginning of the 2021 season when he wound up going from the Rays to the San Diego Padres and at home has 3.2 walks per nine innings. That hikes up to 6.1 over the last two seasons when he's been on the road with a 534 ERA. Now, credit where credit is due. The Padres wound up starting out the year 1-8 and eight in Blake Sell's first nine starts. They have been much better recently, so a little bit of a good mark there if you are a fan of the San Diego Padres, but I do think that the Giants, who may be able to hold opponents to three runs or fewer in five out of their last eight home games, they're going to be able to turn a relatively solid start here, and Logan Webb as well has been able to do a supreme job of keeping the ball in the yard at home. 14 home starts this season. He has allowed just two home runs across 84 and two-thirds innings, delivering length, delivering just great play in general. I do think that the Giants, being a little bit of an underdog, I think that they present a lot of value because I do think that Logan Webb is going to be able to do a solid job. And Blake Sell has been a little bit better in his own right recently as well. Matthew 7.5, a little bit too high. I'm going to be taking a look at the under in this spot, but my DK Nation write-up going to be in support of the San Francisco Giants, getting them as an underdog. Well, like this should have been closer to about a minus 132, a minus 135 favorite. Let's take a look at a game that involves a team that has high aspirations for the playoffs and a team that... Well, they are going to be setting tea times in October. This is 9:51, 9:52 on the board. Cincinnati Reds, in the words of Bill Belichick, we are in a Cincinnati, and they're going to be playing us the St. Louis Cardinals as Dakota Hudson goes for the Cardinals, and Justin Dunn is going to look to get her done for the Cincinnati Reds. Tennessee total, and 
With the Cardinals, you're getting them between minus $2 and minus $2.10. And when it comes to the Reds, they're anywhere between plus 175 and plus 190 underdogs. This is a circumstance where I don't necessarily want to do it, but I think that the number has gotten up a little bit too lofty to back the Reds and Justin Dunn. And with Justin Dunn, the trepidation that you've got with him is that this guy's no command whatsoever. He's giving out over five walks per nine innings. And for his career, he's given up over five walks per nine innings. But when it comes to Dakota Hudson, it's not like he's necessarily a lot better now. Credit where credit is due for the way that Dakota Hudson is able to induce ground balls. But this is someone that has four walks per nine innings. He's averaging 5.2 strikeouts per nine innings. A strikeout per walk rate. In 2022, a major league baseball of a 1.27 is just simply unacceptable. He's been very lucky on the balls that have been put in play that there hasn't been a lot more damage done. And he's not been consistent home to road as Dakota Hudson certainly has been able to do his best work when he has been in St. Louis as on the road. His ERA winds up hiking up to a 505 compared to a 325 when he is at home. Five out of the eight long balls that he has given up have been on the road as well. So you do have your issues on that front. And then for Justin Nunn, the team has won two out of his last three starts. Now, on those starts, was against the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates, and well, the Pittsburgh Pirates are just flat-out terrible, especially when they throw out their Tyler Beatty like they did against Justin Dunn. But for the Cincinnati Reds as well, the bullpen has shaped up just a little bit. Now, it's not like this is a Reds bullpen that you can expect to go out there and just be completely lights out, but Alexis Diaz hasn't pitched the last few days. He's got a sub-2 ERA. You've been able to see... Some signs of promise from someone like a Buck Farmer as well. And for the St. Louis Cardinals, they get back Ryan Elsley, who he has a sub-2 ERA this season, wound up having a little bit of a rough go of it on Sunday Night Baseball. But Jensen Cabrera, currently out of the full. We've been seeing someone like a Packy not necessarily be too terrific. He's unlikely to be available in this game. Chris Stratton is a guy that they're trying to mix and match with. He's a guy with north of a 4 ERA this season. And for the Cardinals, leg up in terms of the offense. Winds up going to them. Norlin Arenado along with Paul Goldschmidt entered into Monday with a combined 60 home runs for Goldschmidt. He's been able to do a great job getting on base right now. The odds-on favorite to win National League MVP. You've had Lars Newpar hit above a 275 since the All-Star break. So these guys have really been able to round into form. But speaking of being able to round into form, the Cincinnati Reds have Donovan Solano hitting above a 300 as well. He has been really able to come alive after they wanted trading off pieces like Brandon Drury, Tommy Pham and company at the trade deadline. You've been able to get a little bit of power out of someone like a TJ Friedel as Friedel, Nixon Zell, Jonathan India. These guys are in between about a 245 to a 260. No doubt they don't wind up having as much home run power as they did prior to the trade deadline, but this is a Reds bunch that they do a great job with their offense. It's really much, it's really very much built for Great American Ballpark now. The problem is Great American Ballpark is a complete and utter band box, which is why we're seeing this total at 10. And I don't think that the 10 is necessarily too high. I am going to be willing to take a look at the over here as well. But with the Reds, they do a nice job of being able to move the line. They've had some young guys be able to step up as well. And for the St. Louis Cardinals, just not a situation where I necessarily want to trust in Dakota Hudson in this instance. So this is a situation where I'm going to be taking a look at the big plus number with the Cincinnati Reds. And I'm going to be taking a look at the over as well. And then if you're taking a look at a few games that you might not be finding numbers on until the AM, the Milwaukee Brewers and the Pittsburgh Pirates game, it was unknown until very late as to whether or not it was going to be Jason Alexander who was going to be starting for the Brewers or not. Right now, the betting board says Jason Alexander. Right now, you're finding him as a minus 173 favorite. And for those of you guys that are fans of Seinfeld, no, not that Jason Alexander, but 
that said that was a reason why that was a game that was a little bit off the board. And then Rays versus the Miami Marlins with Jesus Lizardo against Shane McClanahan. Right now, the only line that I'm seeing at Circa is a 6.5 total with the Tampa Bay Rays being a minus 210 favorite. And if you're able to get a 6.5, I do like that total under as well. But you know what else I love? Something that's new. Something is fresh. The VEASAN fall lineup is beginning right now with Follow the Money at 4 a.m. Pacific Time. 7 a.m. Eastern. We've got a lot of great shows, and that's coming up right about now, right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. It's football season, and betters know that this is when the money is made. Nobody knows football like VSIN, and now's the time to become a VSIN subscriber and get our comprehensive college and pro guides. Only VSIN subscribe. Only VSIN subscribe. Only VSIN subscribe. Only VSIN. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.